0: Welcome to this Investment Officer podcast. My name is Raymond Franken, Editorial Manager at Investment Officer Luxembourg, and today I'm speaking with Denise Voss, Chair of the Board at the Luxembourg Finance Labeling Agency Luxflag. Denise, welcome.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me.
0: To support sustainable finance in Luxembourg, Luxflag was established as an international non-profit association in 2006 by seven private and public funding partners. Among these, the Luxembourg government, Alfi, ABBL, ADA, the European Investment Bank, Luxembourg for Finance and the Luxembourg Stock Exchange. Luxflag has so far labeled some 365 financial products, most of them with an ESG label. The agency plays an important role of guiding the financial industry on its journey towards sustainable financial products.
1: A label is is about uh, certifying or giving clarity to investors that what they invest in basically uh, is what it says on the tin. So you know we're we're actually at Luxflag not saying you must invest in this or that. Um, we're saying that you must that inv- you must fulfill the criteria of each label. So Luxflag actually has six labels. <laughs> And aligned with the um, Sustainable Finance Disclosure Regulation, SFDR, um, we have four labels that we, we consider to be impact labels, so positive impact, uh, they're creating, they seek to create positive impact, and those are aligned with Article 9 of the, of the SFDR, which is, again, about sustainable investments and impact. Um, and that includes our climate finance label, and our environment label, our microfinance label, and the green bond label. Then we have two labels which are, are focusing on, uh, which are deemed to be where actually you need to comply with Article 8 of SFDR to be able to, that's one of the criteria. And that's our ESG label, uh, far and away our most popular label, and our recently introduced LuxFlag Sustainable Insurance Product label. <laughs> so that's LSIP for short. Um, which is obviously um, a label for insurance products, whereas the ESG label is really a label for uh, investment funds. The ESG label, and that, that's the one I'll focus on, um, that is about integrating environmental, social, and governance factors into the investment analysis and decision-making process. So it's really about the process, um, and and what does Lux Flags? So Lux Flags criteria are, are, are transparent. They're on our website. And they basically folk, they require, for instance, um, a minimum of three ESG strategies. So that is ESG integration, engagement, for instance, um, screening, so exclusions, um, best in class, and there are a few other other strategies, ESG strategies that investment funds use in their ESG integration process. Um, coming to your, your point there, we have, a, um, we have a, an exclusion list that is a criteria for our ESG label. And that exclusion list. Well, actually, it's new. Um, it was only um, in place since March of 2021. Um, we felt we needed to introduce an exclusion list to continue to be credible um, vis-à-vis, um, you know, vis-à-vis the investors who look at the Lux flag label um, and and expect certain things from the Lux flag label. Um, it wasn't an easy journey to get there to get to this exclusion list because exclusions are often quite personal, <laughs> and and of course can also be um, it can vary from culture to culture, from country to country. I always used like to use the example of you know for some countries, um, alcohol should be excluded from an investment portfolio, but if you're in France, that's you know from a cultural perspective that's not the case. So again, I you know good, ex- but on the other hand. I think that French asset managers that would invest in companies that produce alcohol, they would actually, and and have the looks like label, (laughs) they would expect those um, companies that produce alcohol to have a responsible drinking policy. So that's the, the, the social element of it or the ESG element of it. Um, and, and those asset managers would be doing that through engagement with those investee companies. So we, we exclude certain um, controversial jurisdictions, so on the basis of the UN um, sanctions list, um, as well as the, the Financial Action Task Force um, uh, blacklist, so-called blacklist, which is two countries, North Korea and Iran. And then we, exclu- we also expect um, the exclusion list also requires... Um, the uh, successful applicants to um, consider um, um, the UN Global Compact um, principles um, and to identify severe um, breaches and to dive, not hold or to engage with, with um, or actually if they're severe, we expect them to, to divest from those holdings. Um, we also, uh, one exclusion is also relates to tobacco. So that's the production of tobacco. So zero tolerance. And then there is a 15% tolerance for distribution of tobacco products. And then last, but definitely not least is the controversial weapons (laughs) exclusion. So, um, you know, it, it's clear that from a personal perspective, uh, I might prefer also to have had the um, um, conventional weapons excluded, but but clearly controversial weapons. And we see that, actually, these days um, is, is, is a, I'm a, I would almost
0: say, a basic. <laughs> Unfortunately, we live in this world where we are talking about these weapons. Uh, I think we both wish that was not the case uh, uh, over here.
1: Maybe I could bring it to... Um, Another an example would be, and this is something that we we you often see in the press as well, and and with organizations like Greenpeace, they they certainly ask questions, um, you know, to this um, this kind of question, you know. Obviously, some people would look at a, a portfolio of a fund with an ESG Lux label, and they would say, hmm, why does this fund hold Total Energies? Well, because this ESG label is about the transition. And at the end of the day, even if we wish we were actually where we need to be from a climate crisis perspective or dealing with the climate crisis perspective and dealing with all of the social issues we have, you know, supply chain issues and the like on the social side, um, the reality is it will take time, lots of money, lots of investment from public and private sources, and it is a transition. We hope it's a fast transition. but So so the idea of a, of a total holding of total energy is, of course, we would expect our are the applicants for the label to do a deep analysis of total energy not just the financial side of things but of course the ESG side of things and to take a decision as to the that the results of that analysis but the idea, idea there of course is to support companies that are actually you know they're setting goals as to a transition to more or 100% of renewable energy and that they get there so of course that will be the interesting part is you invest in it, and then how do you actually analyze and know are they getting there? You know, over time.
0: In, in general, we see a lot of companies uh, report uh, uh, also non-financial data at the moment that helps uh, investors make uh, a judgment on uh, on the ESG. Your labeling uh, Lux flag uh, helps these companies, helps these investors also in, in, take, invest in these uh, these stocks. Uh, but but, it, but just to be clear in fact so what we're labeling at luxslug is
1: we're labeling, labeling financial products yeah. so we're actually you know not labeling individual companies we're not labeling the asset managers or the insurance companies we're labeling the financial products and and as you're, you're labeling the funds exactly yes. exactly or the insurance policy, uh, products as well the unit linked products or uh, the like So yes, so the idea is, it is, um, so effectively, when an application is made um, for a lux-flag label, we have an application uh, with required documents, the usual prospectus legal documents, but also the ESG policy, divestment policy, uh, and the like. Um, And we review all of these documents, especially, of course, the ESG ones, ask questions, to the asset manager and um, kind of kick the tires, I like to say, you know, and to verify that they're doing what they say they do in these policies, for instance. But we also do a um, we also select a sample of of the of the um, portfolio holdings, focusing, of course, on the highest um, risk from an ESG perspective holdings, and then we ask the asset manager to give us evidence of their analysis of these companies and why they decided to invest in them. And are they engaging with them? Have they identified, you know, and points of engagement to engage with specific companies? And how have they gotten along with their engagement and the like? So that's really the added value of a label. Um, you know, a lot of people have actually said, with the Sustainable Finance Disclosure Regulation, do we need labels? Well, as SFDR is a self-disclosure regulation, that's one thing. And then the other thing is, is... Yes, we do because a label does do. Sorry, a label sh- um, adds value in the sense that it means someone has actually looked at uh, the fund to make sure that you know what is being said is being done, and we do the testing.
0: We have about three and a half thousand funds uh, that that have a legal home in Luxembourg. Yeah. How many of them have a Luxflag label?
1: Uh, well, we have um, three hundred and sixty-five funds that are labelled. But about, um, uh, well, about 60% of those labeled funds are domiciled in Luxembourg. The the others are domiciled in other European jurisdictions. So we've got a ways to go. (laughs) But, of course, a label should not be something. It should be something you have to earn, of course. And in fact, it is interesting because we we are asked um, from from time to time, you know, how many applications do you refuse? But... In fact, the process is is quite different. Well, it's not different, but the process is the following: we are approached by an asset manager who thinks they could be interested in applying for a Luxflag Flag label. They engage with us, they ask us questions. We tell them what they need to have and what, their app, what they have to have from an application point of view, but also what we expect from an ESG process perspective. And and so they and this engagement can take a while. In fact, in the past, it took perhaps a couple of years. Um, but this engagement takes, as I said, it, it takes place. And How then, long does it take now? Well, I, I well, it still takes a while actually, because asset managers are all in different parts of the journey, if you will. Obviously, there's some asset managers who are, have been doing, who've been basically um, incorporating ESG into the investment process for years, so it's much faster for them. But there are still asset managers that are relatively new to, to this. Um, so it, it, sorry, but it does depend <laughs> on, the, on the facts and sur- on the circumstances. But in any case, you know, we, and we've had actually asset managers approach us, we've gone, through, we've had discussions with them about what's expected, and they never applied, because I think they realized they have much more homework to do. So for, for me, for us, the goal is not to have applicants who then potentially get refused. The idea is to have applicants that know what they need to, I mean, how they need to sorry that they are they're there when they apply in the sense of where they need to be from an esg perspective
0: yes and to, to, to serve them as a as a guide also on this journey yeah, to such yeah.
1: yeah yeah yes exactly and and certainly when we're i mean we, we clearly aren't telling them what to do but we can actually and we do tell applicants especially once they've received the label we could we could we tell them look best practices are this so for instance if you have you have a, diver, a diversification um, policy however you should know that most of the people in the market actually in that policy they say once they take a decision to diver, uh, to sorry not diversification divestment policy i meant to say and most of the of uh, the market once an uh, security is has a decision has been taken to divest that security most of the market will say we will divest in a month or 3 months or They'll set a the time and so th- that's a common for instance um, best market practice comment that we would make for instance so yes that's our role as well.
0: Stepping back for a moment uh, we're still at the beginning of the year we saw a huge inflow into ESG funds uh, last year uh, almost double uh, some specialists are saying well it's, it's, it's reaching uh, uh, such high levels that uh, almost everything is uh, labeled as ESG, or maybe not labeled or considered ESG, uh, not with with your label, of course, but there's been a huge inflow of money into ESG funds. Um, ESMA, the European regulator, uh, has been saying, okay, uh, they've been placing some questions with the quality of the ESG uh, uh, investments, the ESG funds, and they're saying not, not everything that, that calls itself ESG uh, is actually ESG. What's your view on that criticism from uh, from from ESMA that we had in the last few weeks?
1: Well, mm-hmm. what what I, I mean, it's certainly an important it's an important question and topic for sure. And and I think it's important also to remember that one doesn't learn sustainable finance in a day. It does take time. It takes education, and it takes tone from the top in an organization. It takes Again, educational sessions. It takes experience with with the process, so it's important that that organizations that say they do this that they really do do it. Um, so, but I, but I think what is interesting is, again, we have SFDR. We have the so-called level one uh, element of the regulation. Um, that is already uh, has been implemented but we have the second level that is going to be implemented for the moment the deadline is the first of January of next year and and we will also have um, where certain templates or documents again more disclosure more information will have to be provided to in the prospectus to investors but I think what's also interesting is we we will have um, we are in the Process this year and in particular next year, where we will see the annual reports of the of the investment funds, and so that's the moment where we'll see asset managers have said we are going to do this, and in the annual report it will be the moment to say and we have done that. So I think already the level and the the quantity of disclosure that is out there versus. The disclosure and prospectuses all, before all of this is incredible, and, and in terms of how asset managers are actually, you know, what how they're actually integrating ESG in their investment process and all that stuff. So I think that some of some of this will 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 come out just because of the requirements of the regulation. But I, I, it's important because at the end of the day, the the asset management industry has a the financial um, industry has an opportunity here to be part of the solution. <laughs> And um, so I, I think it's important that there's there's no greenwashing in that, and that there's no uh, ticking the boxes and 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 not actually doing what they say they do. So I'm you know I'm all for for that, and that's obviously partially what we're doing at LexLag like as well, trying to weed out um, those who aren't. But it's 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 uh, and I'm, obviously we're going to see a lot more to come from Esma, as you rightly really said. Yes,
0: yes. Yeah. Are, are we anywhere near? Uh a phase in the market where uh, uh, ESG has, has become sort of generally accepted, or do you think there are, there are many more hurdles? When I, when I hear the number of, of funds that have actually been labeled with, uh, by Lux Bank, that's still uh, a fraction of, uh, of everything. Yeah. Uh, that's because it's a lot of work.
1: Yes. <laughs> not just for us, but for the applicants. <laughs> now, from,
0: from an asset manager's perspective, does it pay off to have your label? Well, I mean,
1: to be honest, um, having come from the asset management industry a while ago myself, I know that um, a label is, is generally a decision taken by the distribution team. So it's, and they decide which label and, and if, they need, if they need a label. But then some investors, and I would imagine more investors, would be asking for that label. And while I'm not an expert at it, um, the, the, um, um, there is a regulation that is going to be in place, the MIFID, um, to um, markets in financial this was <laughs> thank, yes. thank you thank <laughs> you I haven't had to say that out loud in, in terms of the whole the whole thing for a while but anyway that will kick in in August and that is going to put the onus on distributors so financial advisors so you know the bank uh, the person in the bank who advises people on what investment funds to buy where they will have to actually ask um, potential investors other clients what is their what is their sustainability preference so there's going to be, have to be a lot of education. And I hope it's happening now already <laughs> at the level of the financial advisors, but then they they will be seeking um, you know products that they will be that if the investor says yes I might I would like to invest in something green, then that financial advisor would need product that is green, and um, you know a label could actually be helpful in that. Put it this way, I would see that it would be sort of an easy an easy. Um, Way, a solution for a financial advisor. But clearly, clearly, not everything is going to be labeled. But th- this is, again, why asset managers need to make sure that they you know, walk the walk and
0: talk the talk and all that. For, from my own understanding, uh, Luxembourg is, is really building its profile as a, as a green finance hub, uh, among all the other yeah. types of hub that it has <laughs> in an international perspective. Uh, we, we see quite a few ESG funds uh, invested in equities. Uh, we know about the companies with the sustainable finance uh, disclosure that they have to, uh, to do, uh, but what about green bonds? Can, can, can green bond products uh, also be labeled by Luxflag?
1: Yes, we have a green bond label. We, we To be honest, we haven't been as active as we, we... We had many other things going on, put it that way, and that's something that we're going to be looking at again because, I mean, in terms of sort of um, focusing a bit more on our green bond label. And, and the reason actually is quite interesting as well, is there are um, industries, um, for instance, the real estate industry that is looking, real estate companies, for instance, are looking to issue and to finance their their investments with green bonds. So I think we're going to see much more um, use of green bonds or sustainability bonds or sustainability linked bonds is, is what they're called. So I think we're going to see much more of that. So again, that there will be a desire on the part of some investors and some financial advisors, to you know, to have a label that would help them be able to determine what they could um, uh, advise their clients to invest in. So I think so. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of different ways, and that's actually the challenge. Of course, is the amounts of money needed to invest in reaching the Paris Agreement uh, goals, the, SF, uh, the um, SDGs, the United Nations SDGs. It's immense, and um, I don't think we're there yet. So we need to have different ways of financing. This is where like for instance, um, blended finance where for instance, the, a government would take the first risk, but that would be so which would be um, which would help um, you know private investors um, um, invest in, in projects. I mean there's some of that now, but we need much more of it. So, but, so I think there will be more and more innovative ways to finance um, what we need to finance in sustainable finance.
0: It's likely a topic that will keep us occupied in the next uh, few years, or oh, yeah. maybe in the next uh, few decades. Uh, very much likely. But w- what do you expect as the, the the main developments in the next two years? What is on the horizon that you can see in front of you right now?
1: Well, we have a lot. There's a lot to deal with on the regulatory side of things. So there's clearly, as I said, there's clearly the rest of the Sustainable Finance Disclosure Regulation to implement and this is this this is going this is a big it's a big change for asset managers because they're going to you know they, they they clearly are used to dealing with and reporting and analyzing and reporting financial figures but having to do this and identify indicators sustainability indicators and all that's all new to most asset managers not not all but many at least asset managers so there's going to be a lot of a lot of work in that area data of course is a bit of a challenge because we've asked the financial market participants like asset managers and insurance companies and banks, we've asked them to report and disclose all of this information on, sustainab- on uh, sustainability, if you will. However, we haven't actually gotten there yet with requiring companies to provide this, the, um, the data. So we have, of course, regulation that's coming down the road there. So that will be a big, big piece of it. But then that only takes care of Europe. It doesn't take care of the rest of the world in terms of companies being obliged to disclose um, their carbon footprint and the like, if you will. Um, and then, of course, we have um, the EU taxonomy. So the EU taxonomy is, is only, in some respects, at the well, it's at the beginning, because we haven't actually had to disclose anything yet in terms of the financial market participants. But we only have two of the six environmental objectives up and running. Oh, yes, that's right, two of the six. <laughs> so that has to be finished. And then there's the social um, taxonomy to do. So,
0: Talking EU taxonomy, I, I have to bring it up... Uh, on New Year's Eve, the European Commission issued this announcement on uh, yeah. saying that basically natural gas will be yeah. sustainable at least until 2035, that nuclear energy would be acceptable as a transition fuel, so also acquire a, 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 yeah, accepted under the taxonomy. Mm-hmm. What's your view on that? Is that manageable? Do I get my personal view? Or <laughs> no, no.
1: no, but I mean, it, it, actually, our, our exclusion list, uh, the ESG exclusion list, Luxflag's exclusion list, does include... Um, you know, a, a maximum uh, revenue in, in respect of nuclear um, activities, if you will, um, beyond controversial weapons, of course. Um, however, it's on hold because of this discussion. So, from my understanding, and I have had it. Um, sometimes it's difficult to know whether it's actually finit, it's actually been uh, finalized, because in the press it's sometimes described as a fait accompli. However, the commission, of course, has um, has done its job. But now the um, Parliament and the and the European Council have to I think they have a I guess it could be a maximum of four months, I guess, something
0: to that effect. They have until June to actually yeah, make yeah. up the line. Yeah, okay. They can yeah. lift it over the yeah. summer if they yeah. really wanted yeah. to.
1: I mean, no idea, frankly, if you know, obviously I wouldn't I wouldn't bet a lot of money on one way or the other, I have to yes. say. It's it's difficult to know. And then of course with the war in Ukraine, this is a, a more than a big distraction, of course. But but in any case,
0: um um, on on, on that topic yeah. of nuclear yeah. uh, and the taxonomy, yeah. L- the Luxembourg government has been very outspoken, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. siding with yeah. Austria, saying no, yeah, this yeah. cannot be part of it. Yeah, yeah. Would you then, if the government position is persisting, would, would Luxflag then be required to remove uh, nuclear from the criteria?
1: Well, we're not a government agency. We are, you know, obviously the government is one of our charter members for sure. But um, you know, this is this will be an interesting discussion we're going to have to have <laughs> once this gets resolved. <laughs> So that's all I can say, because yes. <laughs> I don't actually know more. And as you say, in the context
0: <laughs> of the Ukraine war, this might also come up with, uh, an, uh, yeah. it might affect the future of natural gas for, for Europe in the next uh, decade. Yeah. So a lot of, we a don't lot of know, things have changed in a week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay Denise, thank you very much for explaining uh, all of this. Is there anything else you, you wanted to say? Um,
1: I guess I'd just like to, to maybe just um, re-emphasize this need for education, and, and not, you know, education at all levels. So I, I noticed in the, um, you know, the ESMA Sustainable Finance Roadmap that just came out recently, they talked about the need to educate the national competent authorities and ESMA and, and, and to gain experience in sustainable finance. Clearly, the asset management industry, the insurance industry, the banking industry, so the whole financial market participants, they're in various stages of that educational process, but more is needed for many. Um, and then in, in society as well, Um, really at all levels we need to we've put so much um, you know there's obviously a lot at stake I I hope that we don't have to convince people anymore or many people anymore that this is it's a climate crisis not a climate change thing Um, you know given all of the extreme weather events I guess you could say as well that has has helped unfortunately but but there's still there's still just a lot of um, you know a lot of education required and then again maybe last point it's really an opportunity for the, the financial industry to be a part of the solution. So, you know, <laughs> I'm hoping they will continue to do
0: Being the so, and, yes. and
1: obviously we do our little part at like in helping them along
0: with that. Very good. And, uh, good luck with that. This was uh, Raymond Franken at investmentofficer.com talking to Denise Voss at Luxflag. Uh, if you want to follow our coverage, go to www.investmentofficial.lu. If you're a professional in this business, you can sign up for free. Thank you, and until next time.